Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here this morning and that you will be worshiping with us today. We want to take notice of uh, two sets of flowers in our sanctuary this morning. One up here up front is in honor and in celebration of Josh and Madeline Humphreys, who were married yesterday here at the church. Um, And so we take notice of these flowers in celebration of their marriage. Also in the vestibule this morning, uh, you will find flowers uh, in the celebration of Jean and Betty Washburn and their 70th wedding anniversary. So Jean and Betty, congratulations on that. We are excited and glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Keith has a few announcements that he is going to make, and then we will continue in our worship. Good morning. This morning in the sermon, we're going to be talking about what it means to be formed. I would like to add transformed is what our desire would be for the sanctuary this week. And I say all that to say that your help and assistance is needed to transform this sanctuary for the Christmas season. But But tomorrow morning at 930 is what I have been told. Is that correct? 930. Uh, They will be transforming the sanctuary and preparing uh, for our Advent season. And so if you are available tomorrow morning, please come and help. Let's have a word of prayer as we begin our service this morning. Father, still our hearts and our minds and help us to focus our full attention on you today. Have your will and your way in our lives, in our hearts and in our minds. We commit this time to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
now if you would please turn in your hymnals to number 637, hymn 637, Come Ye Thankful People Come. And please stand as you are able. the children to come forward for a lesson on the steps. Oh, is it that bad this morning? I am so sorry. We have our Thanksgiving pumpkin, and we've been writing things on it that we're thankful for. 
Can you think of something you want to be thankful for in the last week that we can add to our pumpkin? Friends. What about it, Rye? Nothing today. Aiden? Family. All right. All right. We got an important holiday this week. Even more important that you get out of school for three days, right? Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. All right. I have something. George, you want to help me? Can you be real still? Yeah. You can. Okay. All right. I want you to hold my plates. You got it? All right. Years ago, there was a story, and I don't know how true it is, but we're going to say that it's a legend. But it sort of plays into our Thanksgiving day. Now, Miss Ellen popped popcorn to get these kernels, so it's not really corn. It's sort of corn. Oops, there went one. Can you get that one? Yeah. All right. Hold your plate still. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. All right. When the pilgrims and the Indians first started celebrating Thanksgiving, they didn't have a lot to eat. They always planted corn because that would give them various things that they could use. So on the first Thanksgiving, all right, Miss George, I need my plate. They harvested and they, they brought their corn and their food to eat together. And they put five kernels, hold it on tight. They put five kernels of corn on their plate. They were thankful to God. They didn't have a lot to eat. But the next year when they planted their corn, their harvest grew. And it grew, and they had more and more food to eat. But every Thanksgiving, when the pilgrims and the Indians came together, they set aside five little kernels of corn to remind them how thankful they were that now that they were learning to, to be friends and to be family, that they had a lot to be thankful for. So our five little kernels of corn stand sort of for what the pilgrims and the Indians came together the first Thanksgiving. But I have, re I have not real corn. Let me have this before we have popcorn all over the floor. All right. I have corn, candy corn, so that you can take it home with you. No, we don't like it. Okay, sorry. I don't have much today, Rylan. And in our corn, you've got five pieces. One of these pieces should stand for love. You have family, you have friends, you have your church. They love you. One of them stands for us. We love each other. One of them stands for our family. How much stronger love can we get than our family? Then we have our friends. And our fifth corn, or even the very first corn, should be our faith. Our faith in God. Our faith in that He not only provides for us, but provides for all the people in our bag. And when we sit down to eat Thanksgiving this Thursday, I want you to remember to say thank you, not just for the food that's on your table, for the fact you're out of school for a few days, but for family, friends, 
food that we have, but for the faith that this church and your family and your friends share with you every day. Okay? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, as we begin a week of celebration, a week when the harvest is coming in and put aside for the winter, a time when we need to say thank you, Lord, for protecting us, for keeping us safe, providing us with the food that we need, not only for the day that we celebrate, but through the winter months. Lord, I thank you today for the scouts who walked the streets yesterday, who brought food to the food closet, for the many families in our community who come here every week because they've been blessed to know that there is a church that gives so that they might have provisions. I ask, Lord, today that you also be with our friends who live nearby who are suffering through these fires. Please protect them, protect their family, protect those who are trying to stop it. Lord, we need you. We ask you and we come to you. We, ate, we wait patiently. Bless these children and bless these families as we join together in thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Georgia. Our next two hymns can be found in your order of service, in the hymnal, or on the screen. So take your choice of which one makes it easier for you to see the words. And please, if you are able, stand with me as we sing together.
be seated. Before we go to the Lord in prayer, let me remind you, uh, many of you know a dearly loved church member, John Cannon. His son, John Cannon Jr., has uh, some cancer, has reappeared, and we want to be in prayer uh, uh, for John and for his son, John Cannon Jr. Uh, John Cannon, is a senior, is out of town uh, this, well, for a few weeks, but we want to be in prayer for him and for his son uh, during this very difficult time right now. Let's, as Ellen mentioned in her prayers, let's be mindful of all those um, struggling with the fire uh, that seems to be all over North Carolina in many ways and other areas too of our country, but uh, those that are fighting the fire, the homes that are involved, the fire, you know, like I said, the firefighters, but um, just pray that we can continue to pray for rain and that the Lord would, would help. And, and I know some are improving and some seems to be kind of holding their own and staying steady. But um, although this week as well, let's be mindful as families gather, uh, that means traveling and some of you will be traveling and others will be traveling to see you. And you may, like I said, be traveling to see others. So let's just pray for all of those who are on the road this week. And I pray and trust and hope that each of you have just a blessed Thanksgiving and that you do have time to sit and to, to share verbally in ways that you are thankful. But I hope as well as we have been working on Sunday mornings with these sermon series about cultivating faithfulness, I hope maybe that uh, your thankfulness uh, could be translated into a, um, a practical means as well in the sense of maybe uh, whether it's you know giving in some way that you haven't given before, whether it's being involved or helping in some way that you haven't been involved before, but uh, let's show our gratitude uh, through our actions as well as our words. Join me in prayer this morning. Father, we're so grateful. We could go on and on, Lord, and still not, uh, Father, give you adequate thanks for all the ways you have blessed us. We're thankful for family. We're thankful for friends and our community. We're thankful most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, and the gift that you have given us in him. Father, it's a gift that we haven't done anything to deserve. It's a gift that we uh, haven't um, done anything to earn, Lord. And Father, it has been freely given. And so, Father, we are so grateful. Father, help us to not only speak our gratitude with our mouths, but Lord, help us to live lives of gratitude in ways that we relate with one another, in relays, ways that we treat those to whom we love. Father, we're grateful for our church and the ways that you have blessed us here, opportunities to gather, Lord, for worship, for Bible study, for fellowship. We ask for your blessings on the Garden Web community as they join us this evening at six o'clock for dinner in our LEC. Father, we ask for your blessings on the groups and the different people who will be singing and sharing with us. We just pray it would be a wonderful time where your spirit would be felt. Father, we lift up these who are struggling with fires all around our area, Lord, for those who are fighting the fires, keep them safe and provide for their needs. For those who have homes and property along the path, Father, we pray for your protection and grateful for how you have done that so far. Lord, we do ask for rain. We pray that you would send your rain, Father, to this area, uh, to, to our state, so that, Father, these fires can be quenched and that um, uh, this damage can, can, uh, can cease. Father, we uh, lift up others within our community. We pray for John Cannon, Jr. We pray you bring healing to his body. Lord, we know of others in our community, some that have fallen this week, others that have just gone through difficult times. We pray that your presence would be very close. Father, we know this time of the year as well, we remember those that have gone on before us and we reflect as we gather around the table about their memory. And Father, for those hearts that are heavy this time of the year, Father, we pray an extra special blessing that you would comfort them, that you would be their good shepherd and walk beside them through this difficult time. Lord, we love you. We commit this service to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, amen. 
Our next hymn is number 320, but you can also find the words in your order of service and on the screens. If you would please stand and join me in singing if you are able. We'll have our offertory prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be a channel through which you care for people in strife. Have Jesus write their names and ours in the book of life. You give us talents and happiness in helping you, and also eternity in heaven to look forward to. Thank you for the honor of sharing with those in need. Please bless our offering, Lord, to give you pleasure as you lead. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture this morning is taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, 4 through 9. Again, found in your pew Bible on page 157. The message we're going to hear from God's word is one that was written for a specific time and a specific people, but also it's a word that's written to be timeless for all of God's people. It was written at a time where many different entities, things, people, temptations were worshiped, much like our own today. If you would stand please as I lead in reading uh, this portion of scripture. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. May the Lord bless the hearing the reading, and may the Lord lead us to understand his word. You may be seated. Thank you, Doug, and thank you, choir, for a beautiful anthem this morning. The last several weeks, we have been in a sermon series entitled Cultivating Faithfulness. We've looked at and talked about cultivating faithfulness in our generosity, in our giving, not only in our tithes, but in other ways. We talked about cultivating faithfulness in our outreach and what it means to be on mission Christians, what it means to be living out a missional lifestyle and doing that as a way of expressing our gratitude for God and all that he has given us. And today we find ourselves here in Deuteronomy and with the title Cultivating Faithfulness in Our Devotion in our devotion. And you know, as as God's people, as his church, as, as Christian people, everything about our commitment, everything about our service, everything about our singing and our serving and committees and and deacons and, and everything about who we are should stem from our devotion. I think we can all give testimony if times our devotion may not be where it should, it can be reflected. First of all, we begin to notice it. And then secondly, others may begin to notice it and it has a trickle-down effect, but everything we do should stem from our devotion. And we're gonna unpack what I necessarily, what I'm looking at this morning by devotion. But first I wanna share a story. I I read a story this week, it sounded a little bit like the church I grew up in from time to time where the congregation or certain ones like to speak back to the preacher. You know what I'm saying? Amen, Ed? (laughs) And um, I read the story of this uh, pastor of the church who uh, let a guest preacher come in one Sunday and he started encouraging the, the young minister as he was preaching that particular Sunday morning with, you know, amens throughout the sermon. He'd make a good point, amen, amen. Well, this young preacher kind of kept going on and on. And so finally, the, the, the pastor of the church, he complimented it and said, amen, Pharaoh. And preacher preached on some more and amen, Pharaoh. And finally, when he was done, the, the guest preacher came down and he said, pastor, why did you go from saying amen to amen, Pharaoh? 
And he said, well, I was trying to tell you to let my people go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I tell you that this morning, not because I have a long sermon plan, but uh, <laughs> I would first like for us to spend a few minutes on what it means to talk about what it takes to cultivate spiritual growth in our life. Spiritual growth cannot be cultivated as, we, as you do for the soil for next year. Spiritual growth can't be cultivated in our hearts and in our lives without times of devotion. And that takes on different avenues for many of us, but I would hope all of us, it would include prayer and some scripture reading. It also can include a good book. It also can include nature. It can include music and it can include, you know, taking a walk, whatever it is that helps you connect with God. But I hope that the two main substances of that, again, are prayer and scripture. And I want to frame everything from what I'm saying. I thought about doing this this morning, but I didn't do it. I've got an empty frame. I think I may, I don't know if I've done this yet here or not, but um, about a year and a half. I can't remember if I've had an empty frame up here one Sunday morning, but uh, Renee has, who's sick this morning. And so, um, pray for her. But I have a, a frame at home. She just liked the frame. There's nothing in it. Okay. There's nothing in the frame. She just liked the way the frame looks. So the frame's up on the wall. And so I often use it when I see it at home and think about it. And then sometimes I've used it for illustrations is to just put the frame up here and say, imagine what this picture would look like, you know, and I describe something. But this morning I want to frame everything with what I'm getting ready to say with a, with a phrase. And the phrase is getting there from here getting there from here. Now, the there that I want you to think about this morning is spiritual maturity. It's, it's that place where hopefully we all long to be, where we're growing in the Lord. We have a basic knowledge of his word and a, an understanding of, of who he is and what he has done for us. Uh, so the there is the spiritual maturity. But the here would be right where we are right now with our, we come to God as we are. There's no other way we can come. We come to him with our assets and we come to him with the things that just aren't where they need to be. And yet God loves us and takes us right where we are. We cannot be moving towards spiritual maturity without devotional time spent with God. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen by accident. We must intentionally seek out time with God. When it comes to spiritual growth, some feel as if it's three steps forward and two steps back on the journey of a thousand miles. I don't know if you've heard that expression before, but it seems like sometimes we're really moving forward and I can speak of that in my own life and then it, sometimes it feels like, well, we've just kind of, we've, you know, we just, we can't get beyond where we are. And uh, I hope that you are continuing to, to be faithful in your times of devotion when you go through those times. I think we all have those times when we just feel like we're not moving forward, but keep pressing on and God, you'll begin to hear a fresh word and experience him in a fresh way soon, I promise you, as I've went through those times and God has led me through them. We have some here this morning that have traveled for a living. Maybe you're here and um, you travel a lot. And so you understand the importance of a journey. You understand the importance of understanding where you're going. Uh, when I traveled for about, about three or four years with Baptist Retirement Homes, I traveled all over the state, mainly though Greensboro West. And uh, sometimes I would, well, often, almost always, I would use my GPS. And then instead of my phone, I had the, the GPS that you just put on the car window. And you have to type in your starting location, the here, and you have to type in the there. Now on the new phones now, you don't even have to put in the here. It knows where you are. It knows more about you than you do sometimes. Um, but it, you, just, you, you can just hit, this is where I want to go. And it tells you step by step how to get there. And wouldn't it be nice if in our spiritual lives in trying to get to the there, if we had that GPS and say, God, I want to be spiritually mature. I want to have a basic understanding of the scripture. We typed all these things in that we want to know and we hit the button and then 
it tells us exactly who to talk to, where to go, how much time to spend here and there and all that. Wouldn't that be great? But unfortunately, things don't work quite that way. I'm thankful that my GPS never led me into a lake or a river or something like that. But uh, if it didn't update, though, it did have me driving across the water on 85 at that new bridge there in Salisbury. But anyway, I'm, I'm rambling now. Um, years ago, I remember people uh, asking for directions, or maybe I asked for directions before when I was here at Gardner Webb and I would go places with friends long before GPS was around in the mid 90s. Doesn't seem that long ago, but hard to believe there wasn't GPS then, but there wasn't. We had to get out the old maps and talk to people about where to go and this kind of thing. And there was a whole lot of figuring it out along the way sometimes and then stopping at gas stations. And some of the men here, you know, I never stop at gas stations, you know, we may have some of those in the crowd. But what I found to be true was sometimes people would give me directions and they would start from another location. They would say, well, when you, when you get on 74, when you get on such and such, and what I'd have to say is, I, I need you to tell me how to get there from here, not from this point, okay? And so my challenge for all of us this morning as we go down this road and to talk about getting there from here, we have to start right where we are when it comes to our personal devotion. If we want to grow in our relationship with the Lord, we can't start from somewhere we are not. We must start from right here. We must be honest with God. We must be authentic with him. He knows what's going on in our lives anyway and confess it and start from that point. My desire is to lead you to, a, uh, to scripture and a few thoughts that will give you some direction as we go, go on our journey to the there. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, this is often referred to, and thank you, Doug, for your words there before the scripture. It's often referred to, it is referred to as the Shema. And this is what Jews would say as to be true to the Shema. They would say it certainly in the mornings and in the evenings, as it says in what we've just read about speaking and um, having times when we lie down and when we rise up. Uh, but they would say this, and not only in those moments of the day, but they would often say it, a Jew would, before they said anything important. And we see it even in Scripture when Jesus in Matthew 22 quoted uh, the words from the Shema here at Moses in Deuteronomy. And when the lawyer was trying to pin him and say, which of the commandments is the greatest of all? And Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and all of your strength. I don't think mind is mentioned here in Deuteronomy, but it's added in some of the gospel text. But that is where you and I are to start. That is the here. We may not have all the specifics, but we start with the great commandment, the two great, the two commandments, the great command, or the, excuse me, the great commandment and the great commission. And you and I in our devotional walk with the Lord, as we seek maturity, as we seek the there, getting here, getting there from here, as we seek the there, we must start with these words of Moses here in Deuteronomy, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. We are to teach them, I love verses seven through nine. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And I love this. Talk of them uh, when, you, when you walk. Let's see, talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And I love what this, the image that this portrays in my mind. Talk about this in 2016. Um, Talk about God, think about God when you wake up in the mornings. How are you doing and what are you doing in the morning to set your mind on the right path to hear from God and to walk and to be on that path to spiritual maturity. Talk about God when you're in the car. You know, some of the greatest conversations I think we've had as a family have been in the car 
and when you're just thinking about things and stuff comes to mind and take advantage of those opportunities for parents uh, or you know couples take advantage of those times when you're in the car you know there's nowhere to go you're you're stuck there with each other so um, but talk about things you know and, and when you go about your day at school and when you go on your ride home from school or from work and when you're at home and when you lie down again before you lie down at night reflect on your day and think about the day ahead and uh, talk to God about what has happened today and what you think may happen tomorrow. Uh, your requests, your concerns, your life, it's, it's, this is something real here. This is not something that is scripted, but it's something that uh, may look a little bit different for each of us, but nevertheless, we have been challenged to spend time with the Lord. Verse eight, you shall bind them as a sign on your hands and your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And it's, I've been blessed to see this and. In many homes, some of your homes may have something above a door or, or as you come in, you know, bless this home, all who enter here, some of these kind of sayings that you can, portraits and things that you can buy now. These things are wonderful. The, the Jews in this day had phylacteries that they would wear some around their wrist or around their head or around their waist. And in it, many of them would have a copy of the, the Ten Commandments or other important Jewish laws. And so these were something that weren't just words on a page. These weren't just some good things to talk about when they gathered together in the synagogue. But this was something that affected their life. And not only their life, but their entire life. This was something that they lived by and that they took serious. And I feel that's where the call is for us today as well. A term that uh, some of you have heard in the room this morning, two words, spiritual formation. Some of you may have heard those, those terms before, but I, I, lo I love those two, two words in reference to spiritual growth and to devotion. And the reason I, I like that is because you and I are all, we are all in a process of being formed and being shaped. We know of the scripture in Jeremiah that speaks of, of the potter and the clay and the, pot, and the pot was marred in the hands of the potter and yet uh, uh, God said, can I not do with you as this potter does with the clay and make you into a vessel uh, that I want to see? And, you know, we're all in that process of being formed and being shaped into the vessel that God would have us to be. This formation happens through, but is not limited, again, to prayer and study and devotion, fellowship, service, worship and life experiences. God speaks to us in those as well. It may be that, okay, you know, because of what happened here, this, you know, we begin to move in a new direction. We begin to see a, a side of God or begin to discover some things about God that we had yet to discover had we not been through that experience, whatever it may be. It suggests, the word spiritual formation, it suggests a continuous motion. It, can, it suggests that we are becoming it's not that we have arrived, but that we are being formed and that being formed is a process. It's not a, a beginning time and an end time, but it's, it's, it suggests a becoming. We are in the process of becoming who God wants us to be. And as a whole, I would like to say that uh, churches haven't done the best job in developing mature and growing Christians. When we think about devotion, we think about spiritual formation. Over the years, we've called people to repentance. We've called people to conversion, but we have not been as good about helping people to be formed and to shape them spiritually. I've been encouraged by many conversations that I have been a part of and that I have heard in the last two or three weeks. One was in a deacon's meeting this last Monday night of those saying, you know, what are we doing to help the next generation? We're talking about children and youth and, and maybe we don't see as many as we used to in church and this kind of thing, but what are we doing to help mold, to help shape young children? And maybe what about the young children who, who have never darted the doors of a church? Are we doing anything to reach out to them to help mold them and to help shape them and help them understand what it means to know God and to follow God? I've been greatly encouraged by these conversations. But um, uh, to use a cliche, I'm afraid sometimes 
The church is guilty at times of being a mile wide and an inch deep. If it is our goal as Christians to become more and more like Christ, our lifestyles need to bear more resemblance to him. We need to be formed spiritually. We need spiritual formation in our lives and in our church. We've tried many programs and events and activities, and these are things that we will continue. We're not going to stop doing programs and activities and events, but there must be and there has to be something beyond that for you and for me as we seek to grow in our relationship with the Lord. How are you and I spending time with him one-on-one as we go about our daily lives? God desires to shape us and to form us into his image. As I talked about the passage there in Jeremiah, we see, we read of others in 2 Corinthians, and Paul mentions these throughout his epistles, but he speaks of being transformed into his likeness, in the, into the likeness of Christ in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Romans 12, he uses the word transformed, uh, you know, that when we, when we come to know God, that he, he transforms our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the men and the women who throughout my life have modeled what it means to be spiritually formed. They weren't perfect individuals, but yet they were individuals in my life who spoke into my life, who encouraged me, who modeled what it means to follow Christ and to have that daily commitment of what it means to follow him. And I'm grateful for them. And I would say that I'm here today because of those men and women in in my life. They would fall into the category of the Hebrews 12, one, about the great cloud of witnesses that it's mentioned there in Hebrews. So how do I cultivate faithfulness in my devotion? I'm just going to mention a few things this morning. Number one is being formed spiritually begins with grace. The number one message that needs to be communicated to a world that many who are which are living in darkness is the fact that God loves you and you have done nothing to earn it and you have done nothing to deserve it. We must first begin there. When it comes to our spiritual devotion, we must begin with grace. Ephesians 2.8, Paul writes, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, and not by works, so that no one can boast. Grace is still our number one need. This is one of the reasons why the hymn Amazing Grace is so popular. For our guilt and grief, there is grace. For our fears and anxieties, there is grace. For our pride and greed, there is grace. For our lust and hate, there is grace. I'm convinced that when we catch a glimpse of the grace of God, we have a desire to be formed spiritually. We desire to be more like Christ and we desire to spend time with him in prayer, study, and devotion. Last week we were in 2 Corinthians 5 and Paul has a word in there. We looked at it again this morning in our men's study when it says the love of God controls us. And I like the word compels us. The love of God compels us. And like I said last week, we get to the point when we understand God's grace and we have at least a good idea of what this means and and the love that God has for us, it changes something about us. We can't stay the same. As it said there in 2 Corinthians 5 this morning as well, we are a new creature, a new creation because of our response and because of what Christ has done in us and through us. And being formed spiritually also, not only do we need to recognize God's grace, but it requires us receiving the love of God. God's message to you and to I this morning is one of love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God cares for us. He created us. He knows us. 
He knows how many hairs are on our head, and he's pursuing us as a lover pursues a beloved. 1 John 3, 1, John writes, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. If we do not understand this, if we do not begin to understand God's grace and God's love, it's going to be difficult to get there from here. It's going to be difficult for us to be where he would have us to be and difficult to, to, to be spiritually mature if we do not first understand God's grace and his love for you and I. The other thought this morning is being formed spiritually is impossible apart from the communion of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ is not up there, out there, over here, but the Spirit of Christ, the Scripture says, lives within us. And we talked about that briefly this morning as well. Um, I had the privilege this morning, uh, since Renee was sick, and um, I, about 9 o'clock this morning, uh, I realized that uh, if the, if the fifth and sixth graders are going to have a Sunday school teacher, I may need to do that. And so I did. And so the fifth and sixth graders got to hear a little bit about this this morning. But, um, and so we talked about some of these things in our class. But it's impossible, I propose to you, to be formed spiritually without the Holy Spirit doing his work in our life. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you need uh, to discover this morning, I ask you, some, some disciplines that can help you create space for the Holy Spirit and to create space for God? You know, we live in a day and age where we're surrounded by distractions and we're surrounded by different voices. I didn't plan on having this up here earlier in the week, but I had it with our fifth and sixth graders this morning as just something to entertain us there for a minute. But I started talking about the fact, and I want to thank Joan Parrish for creating this, but it's a, a vortex or it has a little tornado you can see there inside going on. And sometimes, you know, we feel like we may be living there, right? That's what I talked to the kids about this morning. You know, sometimes we maybe feel like we're right in the middle of that tornado or maybe um, as I walk by the young adult class, I think, was it Justin Webb said, maybe it was all the, you know, life's being sucked out of us, you know. Um, that, that may be another illustration there. But we all have things, you know, the media and politics, if you stay addicted to the news, I mean, here lately, you know, it, you just want to, what's the latest thing going on? What's the latest thing people are talking about? And that can become a distraction. Because as you wake up and as you lie down, you may be more concerned about that than you are spending time with the Lord. And I had to watch that in my own life over these last few weeks. I wanted to know what happened while I was sleeping. You know, what happened today while I was doing something else? And so we were distracted, whether it's with the news or whether it's with media or youth, whether it's with, you know, your friends. There's all kinds of voices and all kinds of things that are pulling at us. Uh, you know, uh, there are some and e evil, well, whether it's Satan, you know, the devil doesn't want us to arrive at the there. Everything is working against us in arriving at the there with the spiritual maturity piece. So how do we get from here to there? We need to remember God's grace. We need to remember his love. We need to remember there are things that we can do to be formed and shaped spiritually, take advantage of the things that the church offers. But beyond that, you and I have to have a time where we spend with the Lord, whether it's in the mornings or in the evenings or however you go about that. But those things are so vitally important. And so let me ask you this question. How are you cultivating devotion, growth, spiritual formation, whatever words you want to use for that? How are you cultivating that in your life today? If you haven't developed time in your day to spend with God, I want to encourage you to start there. Start here. 
That's where we can, that's where we have to start. And second, if you have had, if you've had this time and maybe it's become a little routine, maybe just something that you do, do some things to stir it up. Begin reading a new devotion or a new book in the Bible or uh, do some things that will help you uh, begin to pursue uh, 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 and continue a, a spiritual growth path. I want to close with an illustration that I've shared with you, I think, before. I'm not sure, but um, uh, Lloyd Douglas uh, was an author. He wrote uh, the book called, the novel called The Robe and other novels. He was a university student, and he lived in a boarding house. Downstairs on the first floor was an elderly, retired music teacher who was, um, uh, had suffered disabilities. And every day, Lloyd Douglas would stop down on the first floor, and he would look in the window of, of this uh, friend's room, and, and he would say, well, what's the good news? And Lloyd Douglas would take out his tuning fork and tap the side of his wheelchair, and he would say, that's middle C, friends. It was middle C yesterday, it'll be middle C tomorrow, and it'll be middle C 10,000 years from now. He would then go on to say, the tenor upstairs sings flat, the piano across the hall is out of tune, but my friend, that is middle C. And the old man had discovered one thing upon which he could depend, one constant reality in his life, one steel point in a turning world. I ask you this morning, are you spending time with the one who created you and knows you better than you know yourself? As we pursue our own spiritual growth, it's going to be remarkable to see and learn where the there is for us individually and for us as a church. Are you and I on the journey that will help us get to the there? But before we get to the there, we have to start right here. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the music and the prayers this morning. I thank you for your spirit that's been in this room. Father, give us a greater understanding of your grace, of your love. And Father, help us to do our part in pursuing you. We, Father, we, we are honest. We are distracted by so many things, so many just demands of daily life, so many forms of media and, and other things, Lord. We just, uh, responsibilities that life brings to us. Lord, we confess that we are often distracted. And so, Father, help us to center, just like the middle sea is that one still point in a turning world. Father, help us to turn our eyes, as we sang earlier. Help us to turn our eyes upon you, to look full in your face. And, Father, we know that when we do that, you will lead us and you will guide us. It won't always be predictable. There'll be unpredictable things that happen, and they'll, it'll be risky at times, and it'll be daring, and it'll be courageous for us at times to, to follow you and to trust you. But Father, help us to do that. Lord, we've confessed that we've pursued all other means of, of accomplishing things our way and that Father, and we've, we've, we've dealt with the results and consequences of that. So Father, help us to turn our face, to turn our hearts toward you and teach us more about what it means to walk, to be spiritually formed and to allow you to do that through our times of devotion each day that we spend with you. Father, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just feel led to say as, I've, as we've looked at the, the water here this morning in these, in these jugs, if, if there are some of you in here that have never followed through with believer's baptism, I would invite you to talk with me about that. I'd be happy to talk with you um, during our time of commitment about that, or it may be during the week. If you've never followed through with believer's baptism, maybe you put your faith and trust in Christ and you've never done that, I would love to talk with you more about that. If you desire church membership, I would be happy to receive you, talk with you about that this morning. If the Lord is leading you in some way, something you need to pray about, you can pray about that there where you are or here at the altar. Let's stand and sing together. Hymn number 491.
Let me remind you before we leave today that tonight is a very special night. At 6 o'clock, we will join together with many from the Garden Web community. I say many. I know that some are coming. Uh, some years we have a great number and some years not so much. So uh, I know they have been invited through numerous outlets, and uh, we are excited about tonight. We just encourage you to, to make what you can, bring what you can tonight. It'll be a great time of fellowship. The Joyful Hands drama group, Alan may have mentioned this earlier when I was out. Uh, Joyful Hands group will be there, and then a the acapella group, the acapellans, there'll be a small contingent of that group here with us tonight. And I've heard from a couple professors that aren't active here that they are coming tonight, and so I'm encouraged by that. So I encourage you to be here tonight at 6, and then also tomorrow morning at 9.30, if you can help in any way with the transformation of our sanctuary for the Christmas season, Advent season, we'd love to, I know they would love to have you here for that. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your presence here with us today. Help us to go forth as your people, carrying forth your love, your grace, and your life into the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.